Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Ash. I get the privilege of being on staff here um, and sharing a little bit this morning, and so I'm really excited to do that. We're kicking off a new series that we're calling Bedrock. Um, and really what we're hoping to do in this series is really look at the foundational kind of principles of what do we do here and why do we do it. Um, but first, if you didn't have a chance and you missed the last series entitled One Another, I would just encourage you to go back and listen. Um, because really that series was meant to sort of set a foundation for us to look at ourselves as disciples, of how our discipleship uh, as individuals is very connected to one another. And uh, we do that first before we start to look at, you know, what kind of church are we trying to be here in 2022 in downtown Boulder? And so it's important for us sort of to look at our individual discipleship journey and how we interact with one another and how it's tied together before we get all into the nitty gritty of who is it that God is calling Grace Commons as a church to be here. And so go back, listen, uh, and then we'll get started here this morning. Just kidding, we're gonna keep going. Um, but this morning and in this series, we're sort of looking at all of these things, and this morning I'm gonna talk about our mission statement. And before you sort of get all sort of freaked out and you go, oh my gosh, here we go with another mission statement. Here we go with another tagline. Here we go with some new core values. Everybody can take a breath. Okay, because what I'm going to share this morning, I think is not new. It's actually really from the heartbeat of Jesus himself's mouth. It's very tied to the Great Commission. And even the values that you see on this really cool graphic um, are deeply tied to what has been here for many years. And I'll be honest, if you... Uh, feel like these are new to you, uh, I'm a little bit grieved, unless you're new here. If you're new here, this series is for you because you're going to get a very clear picture of what it is that we care about here. And if you've been here for a while, these actually are not that new. Uh, I'll get into a little bit of a history lesson here in just a moment, but really what we want to do in this series is lay a deeply biblical foundation of why we do what we do here. And where is it that we believe that God is calling us? And I promise you, especially this morning, it comes straight from Scripture. It's not some brilliantly drummed up thing by Randy and he's going to tell us this is what you guys need to do and then he's going to leave and say good luck to you. No, no, no. Really, take a breath because what we're going to look at comes from the heart of Jesus. So let's pray and then we'll kind of dive in together. God, thank you that you have been present in doing great work in making disciples in this church in Boulder for 150 years. We see your faithfulness and we ask that you would continue to be faithful, that we would be a people who are committed to the flourishing of this church and seeing disciples made. We pray all of these things in your name. Amen. So before I dive into our mission statement, a short Grace Commons history lesson, all of which you are so excited to hear this morning. Um, our mission statement was actually just recently reworked, uh, and you'll see in just a moment when we kind of dive into that together that it comes really from the Great Commission. 
Uh, it comes closely tied to what eco, which is our kind of denomination, cares about and says, but really it comes from Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. But our values, to give you some context of what's coming, um, those actually aren't new. They came out of a group that worked in 2016 with some congregation members, some staff, who looked at our history. Uh, they did some interviews. They worked together with our session to kind of land on these six things. Jesus, Boulder, youth, prayer, multi-generational community, and leadership. And those came out of a lot of prayer and discernment. And they weren't things that we said, hey, we want to be this church. It was, this is who we are. This is what's in the DNA of this church. It wasn't where we were to be headed. It was about what was already here. And so we really believe that those six values, in addition to our mission statement, are what Grace Commons is about. But I think what's been interesting for our session and for our leadership and for our staff is we've had these since 2016, but how often have you heard about them? Maybe you feel like you've heard about them a lot. Maybe you've read them on the beautiful banners outside of our sanctuary. Maybe you've seen them on our website. But have we actually talked about what they mean for us as followers of Jesus in a church in Boulder in 2022? To that, I would say, I don't think so. And I think as we've sort of come back to these and session reaffirmed them last fall, what we've started to look and notice is they feel a little aspirational. Like we say we care about all of these things and I think this church historically has done an incredible job of living these out. But what I think we've come to know is that we have work to do. That there's room for us to live a little bit more into these values and into our mission statement. Because what we know is, you know, if it wasn't in our DNA, the consultants, our session, our people wouldn't have said these things matter. So it's here. I, I like to think of it as a little seed that maybe was planted and is growing. But we have some work to do to really make these things come alive again. And while I'll say we have work to do, we have work to do in partnership with the Holy Spirit and God to make these things come alive in our church. I think they look good, and I think for the most part, we've done a great job. But what I want us to know is that, friends, people and the Holy Spirit partnered together are the means in which God will use to bring this mission and values to life, from being aspirational to actual. It's not going to be Randy. It's not going to be me. It's not going to be our staff. It's going to be you. It's going to be us partnering together to move things from feeling aspirational to actual. And we have work to do. And so we're diving into this series, not because we think they're brilliant or, you know, we want to talk about mission and values again, because we haven't done that enough around here over the last, you know, nine years. But really, we want to do it because we want to be clear about who we are and what our church's mission is and what do we value? What do we care about? And I think the asterisk to that is that we want to be people who don't just have pretty things on walls or on websites, but we want them to be true about us. We want to talk about them. Because what I know about me is I talk about things I care about. I care about my kids. I talk about them. I care about fantasy football. I talk about it. 
I care about Jesus, so I spend my life talking and telling people about him. I care about things, and therefore, I talk about them. And so we as a church family go, if we care about these things really, then we should talk about them. And so, thus, the series that we find ourselves in. And what we also know is that Jesus gave his disciples a very clear mission And he was pretty clear with how he interacted with them, the things that he told them over and over and over again by his actions and his words were very clear about what he valued. And so I think as we sort of unpack these values and this mission statement, you're going to see that it was what Jesus valued. It was what he sent his disciples on a mission. It was actually what he instructed you and I to do in mission. And so let's dive in to this great mission statement. Um, And so Grace Commons mission statement, there's a great word in there that says interim. And you go, what's that about? Is it going to change? We don't really foresee it changing, but we also want to leave room for our next pastor to sort of inherit and work on it. Um, with us, but we really think that this is the heartbeat of Matthew 28, 20, and so you can't really argue with it. It says, to build a flourishing church that makes disciples of Jesus Christ. And you go, where might you have gotten that besides Matthew 28, 20? Well, Eco has a really great mission statement too. It says, to build flourishing churches that make disciples of Jesus Christ. Wow. Randy, brilliant. Um, (laughs) And then we have the Great Commission, which was read earlier by Greg, but I would like to read it again. It's this. It says, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age. See, the command to make disciples comes directly from the heart and mouth of Jesus. And I'll be honest, I think the only way the church flourishes is if it's making disciples. If it's having life transformation happen in its midst. And so we know that people are living on mission when we see disciples being made. Friends, if you don't feel like you and your apprenticeship and discipleship to Christ involves a mission, I think we're missing a key piece of following him. It's so clear in Matthew 28 that he says, I'm sending you disciples on mission. But he's also saying that to us today. Go, make disciples to every nation. And so I think there's a lot for us to learn in the heart of the Great Commission uh, that we can then take to, ap- to apply to us here at Grace Commons today. So a couple of things that I think we can glean. One, the Great Commission is a new way. If we think about it, Jesus had gathered his disciples. He had died, rose again, and he says, hey, come here, guys. All 11 of you, come here, come close. I wanna tell you something. I want to tell you what it is that you are to spend the next good bit of your life doing. He's risen from the dead. And before, when Greg was reading this, it said that some of them doubted, but some of them worshipped. It was contentious. This idea of Jesus being dead and alive and rising from the dead was new. They were still trying to figure out, was it the Messiah was living right in front of them? But it was hard for their brains to wrap around. It was settling in, but it was new. 
And they were to go and make disciples of all nations. When they had grown up being a people who expelled the foreigner, they built cities around their, or they built walls around their cities. They were a people who said, we care about our people. We care about protecting us. We don't cross-pollinate. No, 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 no. We expel the foreigner. And Jesus says, no, 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 come here, listen. You actually are to take this to the whole world. To go over all of these, these, um, um, these divides and instead take the gospel, take my story, take the extravagant love of God to all nations. And I think the other thing that we see here is that it wasn't a comfortable command. These guys knew what it was to follow the law. They knew what it was to, to follow the, law, uh, the words of Isaiah or the words of Solomon or the prophets. They knew what it was to live into that. But this concept of what Jesus had commanded them was a whole new way of living. We just sort of went through briefly some of those commands in our last sermon series. It was challenging. This way that Jesus was instructing people to live and to follow him and that he was asking his disciples to go tell people about was not only new, but it was challenging. It was different. It wasn't follow the Ten Commandments. It wasn't follow the law. It was follow everything I have commanded you, which was a whole new way and a new era being ushered in. So what does that practically mean for us today here at Grace Commons? One, we should be committed to sharing the gospel beyond the walls of this church. You should consider yourself a missionary to your people. You should feel inclined and passionate about crossing cultural, racial, socioeconomic status, gender, religions, age, all of it, to get people in front of the gospel. There should be no one in your world that feels off limits, but instead we should be eager to tell people in our worlds about Jesus and the extravagant love he has. Christ is clear, the ends of the earth, friends. And so we too should feel like we are on mission in Boulder and beyond to share the great love of Christ. And we can't miss this, okay? In the Great Commission, he says to tell them Who's the them? Friends, it's you. It's me. It's because some, somebody crossed some line and said, I'm going to go tell them about the great love of God that you and I even sit in this room. It was a band of 11 men who were nobodies, who toppled an empire. And it felt probably impossible and scary and dangerous to them. And so don't give me it feels impossible to us. Christ is with us. We can do the impossible with God. We live in a very interesting place in an interesting time. Jesus isn't popular here in Boulder, last time I checked. However, Jesus wasn't popular in the Roman Empire some 2,000 years ago either. And yet somehow they, believing with the power and the authority of God, went and told a story and it changed lives and it's why we sit here today. And I think the other takeaway for us in this new way is this. 
What Christ was asking the disciples to do was revolutionary. Jesus came and replaced everything that Moses and Solomon and the prophets had foreseen. And he said, this is a new way and a new era. It was unlike anything they had ever experienced in their growing up in the Jewish culture. And I can promise you it was uncomfortable. And I think as we think about the next iteration, the next 150 years of ministry here at Grace Commons, it has to have something new to it. Hear me be very clear. The mission, the story, the gospel, it does not change. That's what changes lives and is transformational. However, our methods and our modes may change. It may look different of how we go about making disciples. However, discipleship remains the same. And it might feel edgy, it might feel new, it might feel uncomfortable. And I want, I want you to see is the disciples related. When they got this command, when they were invited into telling God's story, it felt edgy, it felt new, it felt risky. And so when we think about what's coming for us, it may feel new or risky, but there's goodness there. And then secondly, I think the Great Commission is a personal and a collective command. I want you to think for just a second, how have you personally in the past year of your life contributed to making disciples? There's a lot of ways in which one can contribute. You could be a teacher. You could give financially to the church. You could volunteer. You could love your neighbor. You could sing in our choir. All of those are parts to play in building disciples. And, but perhaps that's a convicting question of what have you done to build disciples in your world? And I want you to think of your proximity to building disciples. I think sometimes we leave the, the work to the experts. For some odd reason, you think Randy and I are some expert in making disciples. I think you all are the experts, actually. I think you all have the power and authority and ca relational capital to actually change people's lives. And so what I want to challenge us this morning is to not be periphery disciple makers, but to be expert disciple makers. You all have the power, authority, wisdom, knowledge, all of it. You actually are the, the church's greatest weapon and tool. It's not me. It's not Dave. It's not Kelsey. It's not Joe. It's you. You have the power and the relational capital to change lives. It's a personal command. Go and make disciples of all nations. You. But, and, I would be remiss in light of our last series to not say we are to do it together. We are a group of disciples in the heart of Boulder. And Grace Commons will flourish or die by us working together to make disciples. We will only be a community of disciples if we ourselves are following and living into our own apprenticeship of, to Jesus as a community. Again, this isn't the try harder stuff that Randy has kind of talked about in our last series. It's not us trying harder to make disciples. I think disciples and transformation happen 
when we ourselves have fallen in love with a God and we can't help but talk about him. When I think about when I was doing student ministry or, or ministry with an organization called Young Life, my life and the way that I lived it and the way it just seeped out that God was alive in me. And people were like, I just want to be a part of that. I think we'll see transformation when we as a community collectively start to live into this commission and command. That we let God change who we are and what it is that we care about. We care about the foreigner. We care about the people of Boulder knowing the extravagant love of God, no matter the cost to us. No matter if it's uncomfortable, no matter if it means crossing over boundaries that we maybe have set and laid down for years, but instead we go, no, 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 no. We want people to know and be transformed. And it works when there's a community to welcome them into. I think, friends, if we love one another, we love God, we will be a force to be reckoned with in the heart of Boulder County. People will talk about this place as a place where they come and lives are transformed. It's a personal command, but it's certainly collectively meant to be done together. I find the Great Commission, to be honest, pretty overwhelming. Making disciples is really hard work, and I get paid to do it. Um, and so when I think about it, when I think about you all feeling like you too are on mission, I'm just immediately encouraged. It immediately takes the pressure off of our staff and our session and our leadership and our people when it feels like we're in it together. And so friends, I want you to feel it's a personal, but it's a collective command. We're doing it together. And then finally, it's fueled by the power and the presence of God. He goes with us, right? I'm with you to the very end of age. The first verse that I was ever instructed to memorize was Matthew 28, 20. And I remember I stuck it on the wall next to my bed because I thought someone was going to quiz me on it, only to turn out that I showed up at the next Bible study and we didn't talk about it at all, but neither here nor there, because I remember it. And surely I... Christ am with you always to the very end of age, which was a pretty powerful statement to them because Christ was going to physically leave them. They were going to feel like he had left the building, but he was reminding them, make disciples and remember that I am with you always. He gave them a powerful mission, but he reminded them that it is by him and his power and his story that lives will be changed. And that their obedience to him and what he commanded them and their following and being in love with a God who is desperate to be in relationship with them was going to be what fueled their mission. See, friends, the mission is fueled by the people who are fueled by the power and presence of Jesus. I'll say that again. The mission, our mission, is fueled by us, the people, being fueled by the power and presence of Jesus. It's not fueled by programs. It's not fueled by a good mission statement or values. It's fueled by people being in love with God. 
that's how we live out our mission. That's how a bunch of nobodies toppled an empire. Was God had changed their life so much that they couldn't help but tell people about it. And people will go, I want to be a part of that. Friends, we'll be a force to reckon with when the power and presence of God is alive in you and me. I'm almost done here, but I want to offer one other piece of scripture for us. This piece of scripture honestly has always felt like a bit of a crossroads to me. And one time uh, I was going through something pretty difficult and one of my mentors said to me, she said, hey, Ash, whenever you find yourself going through something, I'd encourage you to search scripture high and low to find handholds to get through it. And so as I was praying and thinking about this church and our church being on mission and the kind of the crossroads that we are at as we sort of live into a new way and we get a new pastor and all of those things, I came back to this piece of scripture, which reads like this. This is what the Lord says. He who made a way through the sea, a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there never to rise again, extinguished, snuff out, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. See, I think this is such an interesting scripture because it starts out in the beginning and it reads like Israel was to remember what God had done for them. Remember the Red Sea. Remember God's faithfulness. Remember that you are alive because God did a miracle. Don't forget that. And then on a dime, he says, actually, don't remember the former things. Don't consider the ways of old. But instead, I'm doing a new thing. Kind of confusing. But I think it's like this. God says, remember his faithfulness. Remember what he has done. Remember the ways that he has sustained Grace Commons for 150 years of making disciples in Boulder and beyond. Remember that, friends. Remember that we ride on the tails of a history that is good. That God has been moving here. That some of you have sat in these pews for 50 to 60 to 70 years and God has done incredible work here. Remember it. It's powerful. It's encouraging. And also, don't hold on to the past defeats, discouragements, the past brokenness, the bad leadership. Don't hold on to it. Let it go. Because I am doing a new thing. The new thing that God wants to do here. It's a new yet old mission that we are on together. I think about it like this. If Israel had stayed stuck in the discouragement and seduction of Babylon, they would have never looked for the exile. Or the release from exile, actually. So if they had stayed sort of in their own discouragement... And in their clouded sort of brokenness, they would have never seen that there was a release from the exile. And friends, you and I, we can stay stuck in the discouragement and the defeat of the bad parts of our history or just the discouragement of the last several years. But what I promise is we will miss the new thing that God is doing. Friends, I'm confident of this. God is doing a new thing here. 
It involves you and me living into our mission. This church will live and die by how much we live into the Great Commission, how much we live into being committed to making disciples, of sharing the love of a transformative God. The new thing involves you and me being committed to the flourishing of one another, to the flourishing of this church. It involves us being in the thick of disciple making. No more periphery. We gotta dive in. You wanna see change here? Dive in. You wanna see young people in these pews? It's not just me, it's not just Kelsey. It's you. You all know someone, young. I know it. You go to the grocery store. You go to the gym. You walk on paths. You cross lives with people. It's as simple as my friend Linny told our young disciples, invite a friend. Invite a friend into your life first. Don't necessarily invite them into the doors of our church, but invite them to dinner. Invite them in to see how it is that you order and organize your life. Get them asking questions. And then invite them to ice cream, because who doesn't like ice cream? But friends, God is doing a new thing and you have a mission and a part to play. We have a mission. So let's pray. God, thank you that you put some men and women together in this city some 150 years ago and said, go and be a church in the heart of Boulder. Tell my story. And God, we pray that you would be with us, that you would be alive here, that you would be living in us in a way that tells your extravagant love to the people of Boulder and beyond. For the parts of us that don't feel like we have a mission, would it be clear we have people in our lives to reach and to love? I pray that you would begin to do a new thing here and we wouldn't miss it. That we wouldn't be tied up in the old, but that we would be passionate about the new. Thank you for your faithfulness to this place and these people. I pray all of this in your name. Amen.